0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise for your Spooky
1: Bosco boys, boys. come on,
0: boys!
1: (laughs) Boom! The boys are back. The boys are back, and boy, oh boy, we get to talk about another. Chris Klein in top ten victory. We get to talk about an absolute beatdown of the number nine ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. We get to talk about some massive, big time performance. A performance that is going to put Colt or uh, put Will Howard in a cult hero status for the time being. Um, but who knows? Uh, may- maybe this is the beginning of his story. Not the climax of his story. Um, just what what an absolute amazing game. It, it was such a fun day out at Bill Snyder Family Stadium as well. We will talk about all of those things, but before we do, oh yes, the beer of the pod is the conservation Kolsch from Manhattan Brewing Company. Absolutely delicious. Uh, It it would have been a pumpkin beer, but you know, I I was uh, was trying to save a few of those for a Halloween night. So I'm going with still probably in my top five favorite Manhattan Brewing beers, the Conservation Kolsch. Delicious, flavorful, refreshing, absolutely amazing. And folks, I know it's still football season. We still got two games left. Where you can go visit Manhattan Brewing Company, take a couple four packs to your tailgate, take them home afterwards. But folks, basketball season, you're going to be going to Manhattan sometimes two, three times a week. You better be stopping into Manhattan Brewing Company and getting some of the most delicious, freshest, flavorful beer in the entire state of Kansas. And remember, tell your local local liquor store, excuse me. If they're not carrying Manhattan Brewing Company, they need to start. Oh boy, oh boy, what a game. First, um, I think I, just like a couple wild stats um, coming from the game, specifically the magnitude of this win. First off, Chris Kleiman now is 4-2 and two versus top 10 teams. Now, with that stat, just like any other stat that talks about beating ranked teams, no, it doesn't take into account where they end the season. Obviously, my guess would be Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Both wins happened this year. Do not end up in the top ten. I understand that. I understand um, a stat like that can, can be a little weird. But the fact that he still is 4-2. First, that he's played six teams that were ranked in the top ten. Not even a full four years into his time in the Big 12 is wild. That's a wild stat. That tells you about some of the upper end quality in the Big 12 over the last four years. But going 4-2, having a winning record is absolutely wild. Chris Kleiman's team's come to playing these big time games. As we talked about in that Tulane game earlier in the season, yes, there have been a handful of times uh, where he's been a touchdown favorite and losing at home. And that sucks. That's, that is not good. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, say, oh, you know, that's fine. Because you get rid of some of those games, all of a sudden Chris Kleiman's record, his accolades at K-State are looking uh even better than what they currently are. But going 4 and 2 versus teams in the top 10, now we were favorites. And uh, I think because of uh, some of the reporting from the field about how Adrian Martinez looks like he was going to play, that actually moved the line uh, at kickoff. It was K8 minus 3. So we weren't the underdogs by any means. But getting to four wins in your first six games versus top 10 teams I would gamble there are not a lot of coaches in college football who went four and two in their first six games versus top 10 teams at any given school. I'm sure there is someone out there who can get that stat. If you can get that stat to me, I would appreciate it. But I would imagine there are not many of them. Four and two. To put it into perspective, Bill Snyder in his entire 27 28 year career at K-State, he had 5 total wins versus top 20 or versus top 10 teams. 5 total. I think the first one didn't come until 1994-95 uh that year where we played KU and we both were in the top 10. And Bill Snyder is one of the greatest coaches of all time now early big 12 early big 12 play there or big eight play he didn't get very many opportunities um and again it's not it, this is not a stat to try to take away from what from bill snyder It's just to put things into perspective five his entire time at k-state chris kyleman already has four now chris Kyman needs <laughs> let's win a big 12 championship let's Let's do that. Um, The other thing, the other thing, and this is this is maybe even more fun than that one. This is the biggest shutout win over a top ten team since 1968. Since 1968, and that was a 43 to nothing win by the number eleven team. This is. The biggest blowout of a top 10 team, I think, by a a worst ranked team. So we're not the underdog, but this is the worst shutdown beatdown of a top 10 team at the hands of a lower ranked team, I think, in all of college football history. The biggest shutout victory over a top 10 team by a school that was lesser ranked absolutely wild it was a blowout on historic perspectives historic now the national media is probably going to take oh oklahoma state was a little fraudulent that's going to be their talking point you know but k-state is a good football team k-state is a good football team they deserve to win this game and they beat them that bad This wasn't a, oh, that the scoreboard uh, makes it look worse than it was. No, we absolutely demolished Oklahoma State. And they're a good football team as well. They're a good football team as well. We shut out an offense who had not been held under 30 points all season long. This was quite possibly the most dominating performance in all of college football in the year of our Lord, 2022. If you truly look at what has happened in college football, the quality of opponent Oklahoma State is. There has not been another team, except for maybe the the Georgia-Oregon game. That's about as close. That is the company K-State is keeping right now, is the Georgia Bulldogs. In an absolute, beginning-to-end ass-kicking of a quality team. It's K-State in Georgia. That is the company K-State is holding here at the end of October. And you guys remember how sad we all were last week? Remember how disappointed we all were last week? Remember me barely with a voice sitting in my sad Fort Worth hotel room talking about that game? What was the thing that was said? As much as this game sucks, we still control our own destiny. And that is very true today. We'll talk about it more uh, either in the Q&A episode or during the uh, game preview episode. But we control our own destiny. And beating Oklahoma State was absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. Now... Both Texas and Baylor control their own destiny as well. And they're both on our schedule. If those teams win out, they're in Arlington and we're on the outside looking in. But with that win over Oklahoma State, with that tiebreaker over Oklahoma State, all of a sudden, 7-2 is looking pretty damn good to get to Arlington. And I tell you this right here, right now, boneheads. You take care of business 6 p.m. next Saturday versus Texas. Oh baby. You're you're truly looking at a two and one record down the stretch away from playing for the Big Twelve title. But we're gonna talk about that more midweek. Homecoming in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. 40 let, oh, <coughs> let me clear my throat. So you can hear me correctly. The final score being 48 to nothing. Massive win over Oklahoma State. And I want to start off just as the team as a whole. They came out focused. They came out ready to do their job. They came out. And they knew exactly what they needed to do. The game plan on both offense and defense was superb. And they executed to it. The coaches knew exactly what they needed to do. They went all in. And they weren't going to take failure as an option. Absolutely massive performance. Masterclass on offense and defense on the game planning and play calls. I cannot say enough good things about how this team was coached to prepare. And they came out aggressive as all hell. As all hell. I was talking with my dad in the game, talking to Kevin. We take the ball. I don't like that. Hell, I mean, it seems to work out. It seems to work out when we win the toss and decide to take it. It seems to work out. But I didn't like it because, you know, I had a little bit of PTSD from last week. And on that opening drive, when it was fourth and five, my dad is questioning it. A part of me is questioning the move to go for it as well. But I say to him, You took the ball. We have to get we have to get a touchdown. If you take the ball, you have to score a touchdown on that first drive. You have to send a message. And then you get the false start penalty. And I think at first we both were like, okay, well, now we're going to have to punt it. No. You had to get a touchdown. Chris Kleiman agreed. He said in his post-game press conference on that opening drive, we were going to score a touchdown or die trying. And what happens? Absolute dot from Will Howard to Cade Warner. Absolute dot. Uh, I want to talk about Cade Warner. I want to talk about the individual offensive uh position groups but before we do uh, we'll we'll take a look at the game stats just real quick K-State 5 of 15 on 3rd down not great but you were going up against one of the best 3rd down defensive teams in the entire nation but this is where you can make up for that 5 and 15 that 33% 3 of 3 on 4th down 3 of 3 absolutely massive Oklahoma State also going 5 of 15 and 1 of 4 on 4th down. K-State, 495 four hundred and ninety five yards of total offense, 296 passing the ball, 199 rushing the ball. We had 7 penalties for 60 yards, not ideal, 36 minutes of possession. Oklahoma State, only 217. Let me say this again. 217 yards of total offense. 163 yards passing. 4.9 yards per pass. 54 yards rushing. That is 1.8 yards per attempt. Absolute master class. Both offense and defensively. We turn them over. Recovering one f- uh, fumble and getting two interceptions. Oklahoma State had the ball for 24 minutes. Four penalties for 35 yards, which I might touch on that when we get to the defensive side. But offense, again, absolute masterclass from Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein. I've been critical of Colin Klein. Uh, I was really down on him after the Tulane game. I was very down on him. Um, but you know what? He's improved from that moment on. He took that challenge from Colin Klein, or from Chris Kleiman, excuse me, Colin Klein took that challenge from Chris Kleinman and he has improved the game plan and the in-game play calling every single week. And it culminated with this truly masterful game where you see taking shots downfield, great passes in the screen game, great intermediary passing game, great Russian concepts all with the backup quarterback so you know 10 out of 10 for Colin Klein let's talk quarterback though let's talk Will Howard this is the one this is the guy you know everyone was talking about and it's going to be the one of the biggest topics on message boards Twitter uh, group chats, and then and the Q&A tomorrow, um, you know, the future of Will Hired, the p- position at quarterback at K-State, all that type of stuff. But I'll leave that for another show. Um, we find out, <laughs> I mean, I'm watching pregame warm-ups, and I'm convinced Adrian Martinez is starting. And I'm telling all the people in my section, oh, Adrian Martinez is uh, playing. uh everyone in my group chats, my different group chats, I'm the only one who typically is in there for warm-ups, I'm telling them, yeah, guys, Adrian's going to be playing, then Brett McMurphy and a bunch of other folks, sideline reporters, are saying, as the band is, uh, as the band's performing, I look at my phone, and everyone's like, oh, it's Will Howard, it's Will Howard, I'm like, well, shit, here we go, it's Will Howard, uh, we find out after the game that, It truly was a game time decision. It sounds like it literally was when the quarterbacks came in from warm ups, they had a meeting with Colin Klein and Chris (laughs) Kleiman, and they decided, all right, we're going with Will. As simple as that. And I for one am shocked. I, I thought the whole game time decision type stuff, I thought that was gonna be overblown. I thought if Adrian Martinez could go, it was gonna be Adrian Martinez. And I was wrong, I, I was I was dead wrong. So it's Will Howard, and we already talked about that first drive, and him spinning the ball in that fourth down play, thirty eight yards. Cade Warner, absolutely legendary. And here's the other thing: I, I want to say this on, on that very first on that first play, uh, on, on that first drive, or, or was it the second drive? No, it was the first drive. They're setting up, and this is another thing that I, Colin Klein won't get credit for because it was a drop pass, but they set up the first few runs. They're setting up for this perfect little uh, you know tight end skinny post right up the hash concept. Just setting it up for Will Swanson. and it was masterful the way they set that up. Uh, the toss of Will Swanson, he, he dropped it on what would have been a touchdown. Um, But, I mean, again, just masterful play calling to try to set that up by Colin Klein. But that first drive, and from the first drive, it truly was on. And I think a lot of us were maybe a little bit nervous uh, because it it was, you know, 28, you know, points. It it was four touchdowns on the first five drives, just like it was versus TCU, grand, the defense pitching a shutout. But then you get to the thirty five. You get Will Howard throwing four touchdown passes in a half, something that's only been done twice in K-State history. One of them was Michael Bishop versus like an absolute rummy, like either Southern or Northern Illinois, one of those two. Absolute rummy. Then someone back in the 70s or 80s. He did something that Jake Waters never did, Skylar Thompson never did, Josh Freeman never did, Daniel Sams never did, Colin Klein never did. Adrian Martinez, he did something that hasn't been done since 1998. He had a half that hasn't been seen since 1998. Absolutely masterful from Will Howard. Um, he made a couple throws where it's like, oh man, <laughs> that, that was close. Um, but he was feeling himself. He had confidence. There were a couple of those throws where it's like, uh, oh my God, that was the perfect pass. You know, you see him winding up, and and you see it just go right over a linebacker, right in between two defensive backs, and then, boom, Malik Knowles catches it. I mean, can you say enough good things about the performance Will had? The only thing he can't do is run a fucking quarterback sneak. I mean, uh, the the guy we've seen, and quarterback sneak at K-State might be dead. You know, all of us clamoring for quarterback sneak, quarterback sneak, quarterback sneak. Um... What, in the last two games, we've tried five quarterback sneaks and only been successful once? Now, I don't think that's as much of a quarterback issue as much as it is offensive line. And I also would like to kind of see a little push from behind. I don't think any of them have had that. I don't think we've had a running back or fullback or tight end come in and kind of give that extra push. Uh, But we are one of five on success for our last five quarterback sneaks. But he, he threw the ball. You know, I think it was like a 56% completion rate. Almost 300 yards. I wanted him to get the 300 yards so badly. Um, ended up being just 8 yards in attempt. QBR of 92.1. I mean, again, it, it was a masterful throwing performance by Will Howard. He, he was everything that you wanted Will Howard to be. He was... Keeping his eyes downfield, he had pocket composure, he was able to throw the deep ball, he was able to be accurate in the mid-range game, Um, he was audibling in and out of stuff. I mean, it, it, it it was as close to a perfect game as possible, you know? I... And I don't even know what Will could have done for me to be like, oh, that was a perfect game. I hate saying, oh, that was perfect, because that, that denotes there were no mistakes. I mean, there were mistakes. There's still He's still a college kid playing quarterback. But it, it, it really was at least passing the ball. At least purely on a passing sense. We have not seen a game like that since it was, you know, Jake Waters. And, and he was throwing to a future all-pro NFL wide receiver, and a guy who is going to be named second-team all-conference. You know, I love Malik Knowles, Phillip Brooks, Cade Warner, all these guys, but none of them are going to be playing on the NFL. I mean, Malik Knowles might have a shot. He might have a shot to be playing in the NFL, but he's not going to be an all-pro. And I don't think any of these guys are going to make all-conference, and Will Howard is still able to put up a performance like that. And even more than the performance on, actually, no, I'm not going to pretend this means more than the performance on field because it's all about wins and losses. It's all about getting that dub. But something that was a lot of fun is everything that you see on Twitter, social media, YouTube afterwards um, of Will Howard getting to celebrate with the fans, with the fellow players, listening to him in the media afterwards. I talked about this on the game preview show, but he is truly a different breed. You do not see quarterbacks like that in college football at all anymore. Because here's a guy who came in in two different seasons, and again, super difficult situations. Coming in in a COVID season where you don't get any spring ball, and then coming in In year two, trying to hold together these hopes and dreams of making it to the Big 12 championship game um, when your star quarterback, your team captain gets hurt for the second straight year, and he was the butt of jokes from fans. He was ridiculed on social media. He was, you know, there's stupid podcast hosts, myself included, Saying that he will never be a power five starting quarterback. You know, all sorts of people on message boards clamoring, oh, it has to be Jake Waters in front of him, and all this type of stuff. And then K State goes out and gets a transfer quarterback when it's supposed to be your turn to take over. And and what does Will Howard do? He stays. And he continues to work. And he continues to prepare. And he continues to be ready if his name is called. And what does he do? Scores on four straight possessions at TCU. Gets knocked out of that game. Grits comes back into that game. Starts moving the ball again. Then after heartbreak, comes back home for a homecoming. Doesn't even know if he's going to be starting all week He's getting a lot of the reps He thinks hey there's a chance I might play But he has no idea until it's absolutely game time And what does he do? He puts together one of the greatest quarterback performances K-State has seen In it's entire history And I don't think there's I I don't think there's Really much to argue I, I think probably The best first half As a quarterback in K-State football history And because the defense absolutely kicked Oklahoma State's ass He just had to be a caretaker in the second half So he does all that when the easiest thing would have been for him to transfer Go back to Philadelphia and be a starter for Temple You know he he easily could have done that. There's countless programs in America he could have transferred into, been handed the keys, and been a starter for three straight years. So but what does he do? He sticks it out. I you just can't say enough good things about Will Howard and being able to see him enjoy himself in in the media post game when I don't think he ever really has gotten that opportunity. Seeing the fans mob him on the field, his, his teammates lift him up. You see the pictures and videos of Adrian and him embracing in the locker room. I mean, it, it, it truly was a storybook afternoon for Will Howard and his time at K State. And this will be—I mean, half the questions for the Q and A pod were asked about, you know, is there a quarterback controversy? All this type of stuff. I i'm gonna take some time to think about it and then you know i'll i'll give my thoughts on that quarterback or on the during the q a pod which you guys can listen to tomorrow but even if even if this is the best game of will Howard's career even if he doesn't have a a game that he is known for after this you know even let, 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 let's say That he ends up maybe never even starting another game for K-State. I don't think that's going to be the case for what it's worth. I don't think that's going to be the case. But say that does happen. This will forever be known as the Will Howard game. And again, he might be known for a lot more than just one game. But I think he will go down in the lores of K-State football history forever. For this game, he was able... To put together versus a top 10 team. And keep us right there at the top of the hunt to get to Arlington. So shout out to Will Howard. Just dime after dime, play after play, gritty play after gritty play. Will Howard deserves lifetime admiration for this game. So congratulations to Will Howard on that. Before we talk about the running backs and rest of the players on offense, remember, we are sponsored by Charlie Hustle. I was rocking my Charlie Hustle crewneck sweatshirt in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It is so comfortable. It is so stylish. I'm actually wearing my black KC Hart sweatshirt right now as I'm talking about this. If you want the most stylish and best looking officially licensed, k-state gear in the world shop at charliehustle.com or their store on the country club plaza all right now let's talk about this little all-american by the name of deuce Vaughn. it's wild he coach Kleiman wasn't even asked about deuce Vaughn in the postgame press conference it was like a 22 23 minute long press conference not even asked about deuce Vaughn. Deuce had 158 yards rushing. 25 yard or excuse me, 18 yards receiving. So that's over 175 yards from scrimmage with two touchdowns. And he wasn't even asked about in the post-game press conference. That tells you how spoiled K-State fans are. That is a career day For like 95% of running backs in all of college football. 158 yards. 18 yards receiving. Like I said, over 175 yards from scrimmage. Two touchdowns. And no one's even batting an eye. No one's even batting an eye. This guy is so insane. Deuce Vaughn... Is insane. And I truly worry that K-State fans are not cherishing what he's bringing us. This guy is a once in a generation talent, what he's doing at running back. And we're just like, oh, hum, you know, 175 yards, two touchdowns, nothing we haven't seen before. Which is true. I mean, the wild thing is, like I said, for 95, 98% of running backs in college football, this is a career game. (laughs) I mean, and he's had like a handful of games just like this. You know, Deuce Vaughn is a player that there is an entire generation of like kids 8 to 18 who are going to forever say, Deuce Vaughn. Is their GOAT. Their favorite player ever. You know the greatest player to ever wear a K-State uniform. There are so many people. Who are growing up making all their first memories. Of K-State football with Deuce Vaughn. And so many people like myself. I'm 30. I'm going to be turning 31 in less than 2 months. And truly. I mean the only. I mean. And we've seen some great running backs. Darren Sproles, Daniel Thomas, John Hubert, putting up big time stats. And Deuce Vaughn is the most electric out of all of those guys. Again, uh, Dar- and Darren Sproles, his career numbers are never going to be touched. Never going to be touched because he had, he-, he played till he was a senior. Like, amazing i'm not taking anything away from darren and and honestly maybe maybe it's unfair to say deuce vaughn more electric than darren sproles that that might be that might be too much but it's pretty damn close and again we're just sitting here deuce vaughn eats defenders ankles like halloween candy he just unwraps the defenders ankles and just chomps them down It is just insane what he is able to do on his feet, cutting. And the home run playability from this guy, unreal. He sees a crease and boom, 62 yards, touchdown. And then the most impressive play that he probably had all game long was that little buzz route, and then just one arm, just boom. Better catch anything you're going to see in the NFL on Sunday. Just an insane catch for a touchdown. Everyone's just like, oh yeah, Deuce Vaughn, just another Deuce Vaughn game. The fact that 175 yards with two touchdowns is just a, oh yeah, just another Deuce Vaughn game. That tells you all you need to know about this cat and his standing, not only with K-State, but in the nation. Absolutely unreal game from Deuce Vaughn. Unreal game. Folks, cherish the last five to six games of this season. You know, you got four regular season games plus the bowl game, hopefully, a game in Arlington. Cherish these games with Deuce Vaughn because they're going to be the last. Deuce Vaughn is going to be wearing a different color jersey in Falls next year, and it's not going to be in college. He's going to be playing on Sundays next year. And As a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I sure as hell hope it's with the Chiefs. I hope he is the fourth round draft pick by the Kansas City Chiefs. And if he doesn't go in the first three rounds, and we'll talk about this whenever it happens, don't, do not ever think about saying anything negative about him. Because all that said, he still touched the ball. Deuce Vaughn had, he touched the ball 26 times, plus he was blocking. He's taking a beating on his body he puts his body on the line 4k state every single weekend this guy is an absolute warrior and elite at football and once again on Saturday he proved why he is one of if not the best running backs in the entire nation I can't say enough good things about Deuce Vaughn any other week you know it's all about Deuce Vaughan, but again Will Howard, Bill the Butcher. Just absolute amazing game. And I also want to give a little bit of love, love to DJ Giddens. Seven rushes, 44 yards. He got in the end zone. He got a tutty. 6.3 yards of carry. I mean, he's not Deuce Vaughn. No one's ever going to be Deuce Vaughn. No one's ever going to be Deuce Vaughn. But DJ Giddens is a pretty darn good running back, too. And I'm super glad... He's our backup this year. And you know what? I'm going to be super glad. I'm going to be super pumped for him if he's our starter next year as well. Because he's a damn good running back. But again, DJ might be a damn good running back. Deuce Vaughn is an all-time great. Now let's get to the wide receivers because they also had a massive game. Let's start with... Well, let, let, let's actually start with Ben Sinnott, Um, in the tight ends. I, Sammy Wheeler, uh, no stats. Will Swanson couldn't catch his ball. Ben Sennett had one catch for 25 yards. I think they tried to find him a second time. Um, But I will say this about Ben Sennett. He made some pretty major blocks uh, in this game. And, and he's had some games where he has missed his blocks more than he's connected. This was not one of those games. This was a very good game from the Waterloo, Iowa native. At least I think it's Waterloo, Iowa. Something Iowa. But Malik Knowles, Cade Warner, Phillip Brooks, all three of them had receptions that went over 28 yards. (laughs) That's that's pretty freaking special. We'll start with Malik Knowles. He didn't get into the end zone, even though I think he made it in. I think he made it in. And I'm a little surprised they didn't review that kind of rugby scrum. Um, I Because I thought he got in. But he made big play after big play. He was coming back for the ball. He was making contested catches. He was getting open. This was one of the best games from Malik Knowles. Because here's the thing. he His long... Was 28. He had eight catches for 113 yards. You know, in Malik Knowles' big plays in the past or big games in the past, it has been big play dependent. But he was just a consistent receiver, you know, for 10 to 15, 20 yards every time he caught the ball. This was, again, we've had a handful of these games in his career where Malik Knowles does look like a guy who could play on Sundays. And this was one of those games. And for, for 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 Malik, I hope we can see a few more of these, a handful more of these, rest of the season. Because I think he's going to be one of those guys who does well in pro days and if he were to get an invite to the combine, he could find himself at a late draft pick. That's the type of talent he is. And he showed out. He showed out, had an absolutely massive game getting open and hell, in one of the scramble drills, one of the scramble drills, he was standing alone in the back of the end zone. Um, Will didn't find him. I think he I think he found Phillip Brooks or Cade Warner on that play and still picked up a first down, so no harm, no foul. But Malik Knowles, open all game. Was happy for Phillip Brooks to get into the end zone. Uh, two receptions for 41 yards, 31-yard touchdown pass. Absolutely beautiful touchdown. Great game from Phillip Brooks. Almost housed a punt. Uh, almost got there, and again, that was a... It, it was a great one. There's some of those punts where it's like, okay, you know, anyone uh, could, could have taken him back because it was blocked so well. No, he, he went one direction, made some guys miss, cut back the other way, almost, almost took it to the house. So great game from Phillip Brooks. But how about Cade Warner? How about Cade Warner? Two touchdowns, five receptions, 97 yards. Look, Cade Warner didn't do much last year. He didn't do much last year. And I was a little, you know, I was like, man, do do we really need to be putting this guy on scholarship when we brought him in last year? But this year, he has been a security blanket for Adrian. Uh, He's been a big play machine for Will Howard. Going up, making contested catches, double moves, getting open, getting into the end zone, With a long passing catch on, you know, a screenplay. Cade Warner has turned himself into a real deal Power 5 wide receiver. And we got to keep it going. We got to keep it going. We got four games left. We got to keep it going. We have to see Cade Warner continue to do it. One of the fun things about Cade Warner too, and you're starting to hear this from his teammates, he is super smart. Will Howard was talking about how Cade Warner will talk about different offensive concepts for like hour, 2 hours on time. Doesn't matter what quarterback it is, Will, Adrian wants to talk ball. I don't know if Cade is going to like give uh you know professional football whether you know trying to get on practice squad well in the NFL or playing in Canadian football. I don't know if he's going to give that a go. Um but whenever he is ready, I want him as a GA at K-State. I want him to be the next offensive GA at K-State. I don't like I don't know if there's going to be a GA position open up next year. But if there is, I want Chris Kleinman to say, hey, look, man. If you want to go try, if you want to grind, try to make it on a practice squad, If you if you don't if you don't want to give it up, if you want to go play ball up in Canada. Like Dalton Schoen is. Dalton Schoen is killing it up in Canada. Top wide receiver in Canada this year, by the way. If you want to do that, fine. But whenever you're ready, we want you to be a GA. I think that conversation has to be made. Because that is a smart guy. That is a gritty guy. That is a guy who is insanely smart and wants to win. And I'm glad he had a massive career game like that. Again, big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. That's what Cade Warner did. That's what Malik Knowles did. That's what Philip Brooks did. That's what Will Howard did. That's what Deuce Vaughn did. These players did what they had to do to absolutely embarrass a top-10 Oklahoma State game team. Offensive line, they did their job as well. You know, I'm not going to... Wax on about the offensive line They did their job Start to finish They did their job Cooper Beebe and Hadley Panzer Both on different occasions Absolutely took the souls Out of Oklahoma State Defenders downfield They kept Will Upright in the pocket I don't think he was sacked I guess I can look up the stats real quick zero sacks and only one tackle for a loss surrendered let me say this again they didn't give up a sack and they only give up one tackle for a loss versus one of the best defensive fronts in the entire big 12 I said I was gonna wax on about the offensive line you know it, 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 it's probably lost and, and I haven't rewatched the game and I, I'm sure if, if I rewatch the game, I, I could probably talk for an hour on the offensive line if I just focused on them. Um, I, I had too much fun zeroing in on Will Howard and the skill players this last game. Um, but anytime you did, and anytime I did sit back and watch the offensive line, they were absolutely perfect. Their communication, perfect. Picking up blitzes, perfect. Getting up to that second level to help. Bust Deuce loose a few times, perfect. Connor Riley's squad, and they, they took some heat. They took a lot of heat after the Tulane game and they took some heat uh after the Iowa State game. I didn't I didn't see much heat for them last week. But they've taken heat at times this week or this year. And I, I've been on the giving side of it, especially after that two-lane game. I, I was. But they were perfect. The entire offense was the, Again, this was as close to a perfect as a game as we've seen in a really long time. And again, I think Cooper Beebe, if he wants to, if he wants to go pro, I think he's hearing his name called in the first or second round down at you know, Union Station in Kansas City. It'll be up to him. D- does he have a desire to play with his brother? Um, you know, d- does he want to, you know, get a master's degree? Or f- I don't know what his motivations are. But when the time comes, he is going to make a lot of money playing guard in the NFL. And Hadley Panzer has really come on. I He has really come on at guard as well. And again, a solid game by KT... And Duffy. You know, KT had a couple of false start penalties. Um, those, those are pretty easy to excuse in a game like that. Um, but just great work. Great work as well. Although, you know what? We need to figure out what the hell's going on on the interior offense line for these QB sneaks. But hey, again, when you win 48 to nothing over the number nine team in the nation, I'm fine giving that a pass. Let's talk about the defense. Fucking shut them out. Again, the most dominant defensive performance versus a top 10 team since like 1968. And it's the only time in the history of college football a team that was lower ranked absolutely destroyed and shut out a top 10 ranked team. Absolutely historic level of beating that we put on Oklahoma State. Historic beating on them by the defense. They were so destructive. Gunner Gundy's hands were literally shaking from fear when he had to come in. Went viral on Twitter. Just insane performance. Dominant performance. The mob is back. Three turnovers. Causing havoc all game. Three sacks, six tackles for a loss. Three passes defended. Three additional quarterback hurries. (sighs) Absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. Let's start on the defensive line. Felix and Udike Uzama got a sack and he deserved it. This cat is being held by two or three dudes every single play, and they didn't call a single one. It is getting egregious. I hope Chris Kleinman makes an absolute show. During his press conference on Tuesday, or if they're still doing the conference calls on Monday. I don't know if the conference, if the Big 12 conference call still happens or not. But he needs to make an absolute show out of it and get some sort of point across to the Big 12 officials. And I don't even care if he gets a 15 yard penalty at some point in the Texas game because something has to happen to get this called as a whole literally up around his neck grabbing his jersey and this is not the normal oh you can call holding every single play it was stupid how egregious and how much he was being held but he's still just causing havoc all the time millionaire mott with his strut he got a sack also recovered one of the or recovered the fumble he's coming on opposite of Felix as well. Uso, he had some good plays out there. Eli Huggins getting back there all game long. Same with Nate Matlack getting back there all game long. They were able to make sure Spencer Sanders never once got comfortable. They were able to make sure that their running backs never could get in rhythm. absolute masterclass by the defensive line masterclass let's go up to the second level the linebackers nick allen he got a qb hurried led the team in tackles he basically well I, I was about to say went the distance he he didn't go the distance austin moore played almost every play out there but nick allen had to step up because there was no Daniel Green. It sounds like he tried to go and practice. Um, not shocked. I'm not holding death for him for Daniel Green playing versus Texas. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe he does. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But Nick Allen had half a tackle for a loss. And, and I, was, I was critical of how he performed versus uh, TCU when he came in in a relief effort. But he stepped up and he's played a lot of college football. He's an older guy. He's been playing as a backup, and he's been getting on the field quite a bit in his time at K-State, so I'm not shocked that he was able to lead the team in tackles. Solid, solid game. Austin Moore, though, and credit to Derek Young, he said it. He looks like an all-Big 12 linebacker. He was out there making plays, got a QB hurry. He was covering ground as a defender in the rushing game and in the passing game. Austin Moore has to be the biggest positive surprise on the team this entire season. Jake Clifton also, as a true freshman, three tackles, learns how to play the mic. His first time practicing as the Mike linebacker in his entire time at K-State, which has only been since June, was on Thursday. He had one live practice day and one walkthrough day. And then he came in and was making... Massive plays the first time playing the middle linebacker. Jake Clifton is a future All-Big 12 type guy. An absolute find by this coaching staff. And and got him going almost immediately from the time he showed up on campus to get him ready to play like this. Desmond Purnell, the Topeka Cat, playing great all over the field. Had to play a ton. Had to play a ton in the first half. Uh, Because Khalid Duke was out with his uh, uh, targeting penalty. And then even when Khalid Duke came in, we actually saw him hand in the ground playing defensive end for a few snaps. I didn't see a lot of Jalen Pickle. Um, So I'll be interested if something comes out uh, during the week about him being banged up a little bit. Gavin Fourche also one and a half tackles for a loss. He led the team in tackles for a loss with one and a half. He was flying around out there, and it was great to see Gavin Fourche playing like that at linebacker. So the, f- the front six, front seven type guys, absolute massive game. But now it's time to talk about the secondary. This may have been Echo Boydo's best game as a Wildcat absolutely perfect in coverage and they went after him a handful of times and let me tell you this one of the most mad moments I have had in my entire life watching college football was when he was called for a pass interference and and granted it was in it was in the second half it might have even been in the fourth quarter and they call him for a pass interference as he was being thrown backwards for the third time that game by the wide receiver trying to prevent him from getting an interception. Echo Boydo played a perfect game in coverage and he was being interfered with three or four times, not called once. And then again, on the final time that they challenged Echo Boydo, their wide receiver grabs him pulls him back on top of him and echo Boydo was the one who was called for a pass interference it was the most egregious disgusting miscall by the referees i've seen maybe in the entire conference the entire year absolutely disgusting echo Boydo deserved three interceptions in that game got interfered with every time That guy is great. And again, Julius Brent's also great. I've said it. I started saying it in the offseason. And and I I think it is fair to say there is not a combination of boundary corners better than those two. And they're going to have to step up and show because from here on out, you're playing teams that love to chuck the ball. Love to chuck the ball. And God willing, you might get a rematch with TCU in Arlington. Most explosive offense in the country. And you're going to need these two guys to help get you to Arlington. But Julius Brents, another amazing game from him. Shutting guys down. Got another interception. Julius Brents playing absolutely amazing at corner. And the safeties, all the safeties played great. Hayes played well. Cheatham, four tackles. Sincere Mason, four tackles. Kobe Savage bringing the heat all game long. All game long. Jacob Parrish got some snaps out there. And I said I said midweek that I thought we were going to see uh, VJ Payne come in and uh, slot down in that linebacker spot in times where we were uh, wanting to get Des Pernell, the Topeka Cat, off the field. We actually saw Jacob Parrish come in and, and play that slot corner. And I thought he looked very good when he was out there. You know, it, it it was, it was top to bottom, an elite performance. I I legitimately I can't tell you what position group, you know, secondary, offensive line, quarterback, uh, wide receiver, like they all played so good that I I would have a hard time pointing to any position group on the field and saying they weren't an A plus. I I really don't know what position group it would be. I guess tight ends and fullbacks, if you're going to break them out from, you know, the running backs and wide receivers, if you're going to do that, I I guess, but I, I mean, God, the secondary, just amazing. Again, Oklahoma State threw the ball 33 times, 163 yards. Absolutely crazy. Also, I forgot to say, Crew Jackson, when I was talking about the linebackers, Crew Jackson just grabbing an interception from Gundy that helped preserve the shutout. So, shout out to Crew Jackson. Shout out to Crew Jackson. I forgot to write down the keys to V, um, but I guarantee it's A pluses. A pluses all around. The entire team, A plus. Entire team, A plus. Now let's get to the game balls. Again, I want to give another shout out to our sponsors. Manhattan Brewing Company for the best tasting, freshest, and most, just most delicious, which I I guess goes with best tasting. But just the most delicious and most fresh beer in the entire state of Kansas and the region. And Charlie Hustle, if you want the best officially licensed K-State gear, the most comfortable, the most stylish, just the best check out charliehustle.com or check out their store on the Country Club Plaza and select retailers in Manhattan, Kansas. Time to give out some game balls. And, you know, it's days like these that I wish we could give a million of them. But the Boneheads have two game balls. I have game balls. We both have Swagger Stickers and Chauncey Bosco. The Wonder Pup has that. He's got that dog and him award. And I'm just going to go with the name that got the most love from the Boneheads. And that is Bill the Butcher, Dollar Bill Howard, William Howard, Big Willie Howitzer, Big Willie Style, Will Howard, number 18 from Downington, Pennsylvania. At least I think it's Downton. I don't know. But he's from Pennsylvania, from the Philadelphia region. Will Howard again. Record-setting type performance. One of the best halves we've ever seen as a K-State quarterback. Just the story of, you know, him dealing with the less-than-stellar performances from his first two years. To then almost coming in in relief and getting K-State a win versus TCU. To the most dominating win over a top 10 team, maybe in the history of college football. A truly historic beatdown. And and he was the quarterback for it. Not knowing all week whether he was going to play or not. Finding out 15 minutes before. As we're all getting our jokes off on Twitter about... Wildcat March, he's finding out he's going to be starting. And he performs like that. He deserves the game ball. He deserves the game ball. The other one that got the most love when it comes to the defensive game ball, Nick Allen. So I'm going to give a shout out to Nick Allen, who led the team in tackles, had to play a lot of snaps, just a ton of snaps. Uh, And played well. I mean, he played well. When you're you're having to replace what was probably the most important player on your defense, if not your best player on defense in Daniel Green, and you have a performance like that in the middle of the defense who shuts out the number nine team in the nation, that is a more than fair game ball. So Nick Allen gets the other one. And then if we are going with Swagger Sticker, Scrolling through, it looks like the Swagger Sticker is going to go... Looks like Malik Knowles got the most nominations for nominations for Swagger Sticker. And again, going over 100 yards, having a big game like that, that is a well-deserved award. So the Bonehead Awards game ball went to Will Howard, Nick Allen, and the Swagger Sticker. Went to Malik Knowles. For me, offensive game ball is going to Deuce Vaughn. Again, that type of game. 175 yards from scrimmage. Two touchdowns. One of the best catches you're going to see made all season long. 100% going to Deuce Vaughn. Flipping over to defense. Again, this one's tough. This one is super tough. I'm going to have to go... I'm going with... I'm going with Echo Boydo. Um, again, it, it easily could go to Julius Brentz, it could go to Kobe Savage, it could go to Austin Moore, it could go to Felix and DK Uzama, it could maybe even go to Brandon Mott. But I'm going with Echo Boydo. He was perfect in coverage. He was interfered with three or four times to prevent him from grabbing an interception. Um I, I'm going with Echo Boydo. Um, and then the, he's got that dog in him award. I mean, I don't know. Chauncey's looking at me and, well, actually, I guess I have my swagger sticker as well. All right, I'm going, all right. So, I'm, I'm going to go with on swagger sticker, I'm going to give that one to, we'll, we'll give that one to Julius Brents. Um, Julius Brents has that swagger. Um, and then the... Chauncey Bosco, he's got that dog in him award, is going to go to Cade Warner. Um, big game, two touchdowns, he's got that dog in him. So, all the awards, Will Howard and Deuce Vaughn both getting offensive game balls. The defensive game ball is going to Nick Allen and Echo Boydo. Swagger Stickers going to Malik Knowles and Julius Prince. And Chauncey Bosco's, he's got that dog in him award. Going to Cade Warner. So honorable mention shout outs to Austin Moore. Felix Inutike Uzama. uh, The entire offensive line. Uh, The students. Just all in all. Lots of honorable mentions. Um, So that's what we got. Um, Folks. uh, it, It was a massive win. Absolutely massive win. Could not be Bigger. and it's all right in front of us. We have four games left. Four games left in the regular season. You win out, you're in Arlington. You take care of business versus Texas. If you take care of business versus Baylor, and you drop, say, West Virginia, and then you beat KU, you're in Arlington. But I'm not going to worry about any of that nonsense. I'm going to just... Focus on getting some dubs because we control our own destiny. We're back in the top 15. Life is good. Happy Halloween, everyone. So, for Chauncey Bosco, my co host, the Wonder Pup, for all the great alumni and current students at K State after this homecoming weekend, we love you guys and go, cats.
0: eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly to my surprise he did the match, he did the monster match, the monster match, it was a graveyard smash, he did the match it got on in a flash he did the match, he did the monster match, from my laboratory in the castle east, to the master bedroom where the vampires all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster Man The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster Man The zombies were having fun. In a shoot for the party had just begun. The guests. Now everything's cool. racks a part of the band, and my monster mash is the hit of the land. Oh, For gosh. you, the living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them what sent said. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. The monster mash. And do my graveyard dance. Then you can mash. You'll catch on and all Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash.